welcome to another episode of Ryan's Method Passive Income Podcast. Here's your host, Ryan Hogue. Hey guys, thanks for joining me today. I'm here with Philip Anders, a fellow print-on-demand seller, a YouTuber, and honestly, man, someone who's been using AI tools in a really interesting way for their print-on-demand business. I caught some of those videos. I really enjoyed them. Uh, Philip, what's up, man? What's up, Ryan? Thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, I've been using MidJourney a lot recently. Um, it's it's really opened like a lot of possibilities for me with uh, creating designs. Um, so I've been doing print on demand for a few years now, and I've often designed my own stuff with Illustrator. I've well, I've also used Vexels, Creative Fabrica, but now um, we've we've really got the chance to use AI to create amazing looking graphics and use them in as part of a t-shirt design so um yeah yeah man so i definitely want to learn more about that but in an effort to be relatable to everybody watching this video i always like to ask my guests kind of like how you got started with print on demand like how you found out about it uh what platform were you on when you made your first sale you know those kind of questions yeah yeah so i started um well let's go back to the beginning i'm i'm a fairly creative person so i i used to draw as a child when i uh when I became a teenager, I played a lot of video games, so I, I did a lot of video editing. So I always had some sort of creative outlet. And after school, I decided I wanted to do something graphic design related. And essentially, I started designing some stuff with Photoshop, with Illustrator. And I didn't just want to sit on my PC and do nothing, like the designs that I created. And funnily enough, um, back, I think this was like 2018, I had I'd ordered something from Redbubble. Um, like a t-shirt funnily enough it was like a, an infringing t-shirt on a brand <laughs> typical red bull right something's um, never changed <laughs> yeah 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 it's the same back then but anyway so i was i was aware of redbubble and i thought why not just upload my designs onto redbubble so then i can see them on a, on a t-shirt and they're at least getting some use you know i didn't really think about print on demand at that point i just wanted to use my design somehow so i did that and probably like a month or two later i got like a sticker sale like the usual Red Bull beginnings for most people, I think, is you get a sticker sale. You're like, oh my God, I've made 50 cents or whatever. <laughs> you get really excited. And uh, at that point, I realized, you know, I can actually make money with this and uh, spend some more time creating designs, uploading them um, back in the day when Red Bull was still a cool platform to sell on. So that's where I started. In 2019, I actually started taking it seriously. Um, when I quit my job, um, I put a lot more time into Amazon Merch and I opened a tea public store next, I think, uh, which also did quite well over the years. And yeah, so it kind of kept growing from there. It took a long time. Like I'm not one of those people who in month two made $10,000. It's definitely, it definitely took like a year and a half to really get going. I still did other work uh, next to print on demand. But um, yeah, that's that's sort of the start of my journey um, back in 2019. Yeah, it sounds similar to my own in that like you took advantage of like basically taking the work you've already done and then trying to monetize it on multiple platforms because it often is like a similar process to list on Redbubble, then to the T Public, and then to the Amazon Merch. Mm -hmm. uh, do you mind me asking like what year did you get into Amazon Merch and like what tier are you in today? Yeah, so I got in in 2019. And I'm now in tier uh, thirty thousand. I could, I could upload a lot more designs and fill out my slots and probably tier up more. But um, yeah, so that's that's my current state. 
and I'm also now selling on, I think, over 10 different platforms um, with thanks to upload automation, really, which is, like you said, you know, reusing existing designs because you can use them on all platforms pretty much. There's no exclusivity rights. Um, so I sell on Etsy, on Spreadshirt as well, on uh, Teespring, Tostadora, all of the ones out there, uh, KDP, and just reuse the same sort of designs for the most part, yeah. Yeah, I haven't talked as much about that because on my on my personal side, like I kind of like, I for one, I let Amazon Merch kind of pace my print-on-demand journey. Like I would tear up and that would kind of like trickle down to how I approached different, like every platform. But I let like Merch kind of pace everything. And I basically filled out like 200,000 slots. Like I keep, a, you know, a couple thousand open yeah. for whatever I want to upload. But since I stopped uploading to merch, it's kind of like Redbubble. I've been hearing all these horror stories, people getting banned. I've got like 50,000, 50 something thousand designs like on Redbubble. I don't, I don't feel the need to push a new product and get banned for not even like I infringed or anything. You know what I mean? People seem to get banned mm. at random. So I kind of just stopped T public randomly banned me. Um, but I was using like upload automation. Maybe they just didn't like that. Um, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on like these? I, I call them like, I just made this up, but like tier three platforms, like in my head, they're not like priority. Um, yeah, you mean, like, you mean like the top tiers, Amazon, Etsy, and then the lower tiers are things like Yeah, like I almost think like Redbubble and Public are a little bit above, but like what do you think about maybe, or yeah, I guess them and um, Spreadshirt, Zazzle. Yeah, that's a good question. So I recently made a video about like 13 different platforms and comparing them, giving my experience and... I think if you focus on one or two of those platforms specifically, like on Zazzle, there's so many different products. You can do a lot of greeting cards or personalized products, I think, do really well. If you focus in on one of those sites, you can, you can make a lot of money. But for the most part, if you if you want to do the, you know, the quantity approach, create lots of designs, publish the same designs to loads of platforms, the, the sort of third tier platforms, I think in most cases are going to make you a few hundred dollars extra each and it, it will add up. It will still be worth it um, unless you do manual uploads. I don't think that's really worth it. Right. But with upload automation, pushing to those platforms is, is still a good idea because it will increase, like it will add so many different income streams to your income. And then if, if you occasionally lose a shop because of Redbubble's made some stupid decision, it doesn't really hurt you because you've still got a lot of other shops running at the same time. So it gives you a bit of a safety net as well. Um, T public and Redbubble are making it a lot harder for beginners, I think, to to get started and to make a decent income, which is really annoying. Um, I'm actually a big fan of T public and I've I've made quite a lot of sales and money on there. But yeah, with the new tier systems and they always suspend new shops. I don't know if you if you've heard about that. You know, new newly opened mm -hmm. stores often get yeah, suspended. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my existing store too. <laughs> and I opened a new one. It was good for like a month and then it got suspended for no reason. I was only uploading like 10 designs a day or something. Mm. So no reason, you know? Yeah, yeah. I've I've had a few of my shops closed as well. My main one is still running for some reason. I still occasionally upload to it, but I've also slowed down on that. Um, but yeah, that's unfortunate. But there is more platforms. Like one that I sell on, which not a lot of people know about, is called uh, Tos Tostadora, mm -hmm. which is... Spanish for toaster, funnily enough. But that's actually quite a decent platform. They don't have any stupid suspensions and stuff like that. You can fairly easily up upload to it even without upload automation. It's free. Um, and it doesn't get as much traffic, but there's also not many sellers on there. So it's that that good balance of not much competition, maybe not as much 
potential. But you know, if if, if you can find a, a niche that's usually really saturated and you upload some stuff to it, you can get a decent amount of sales on Tostadora, at least from my experience, right? So there is many platforms out there other than Redbubble and TeePublic, which are still decent, I would say. Mm. Um, do you have any uh, video on Tostadora or anything that we could link to in the description? I'll, I'm planning on, I have been planning to make one for a while. Um, so I haven't got one yet, but yeah, I'm going to talk about the platform soon on my channel and just go into what sells from my experience, like what sorts of designs and also show the upload process and, and some some tips and tricks that I've learned. I think I've been selling on there for about two years now. So, yeah. I think that'll be a good video, man. And I will link to your channel at the top of the description. So everybody go show Philip some love. I know you're doing great work out Thank here. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate yeah, man. that. And do you have like a tutorial? I know you said you were using, like I used to use Merch Titans um, Flying Upload. If we're being honest, don't tell Curtis I said this, but it is it is probably better. <laughs> okay. In terms of an upload app, like um, I don't necessarily like, I don't prefer the UI to, I, I prefer Merch Titans UI, but Flying mm -hmm. Upload is like, I just feel like their their developers um, are better about like maintaining it almost. And uh, they had support for Printify, which of course is uh, something I appreciated. Yeah. Uh, do you have any tutorials for anybody watching this that maybe wants to get started and kind of follow uh, what you've been talking about? Yeah, yeah. I do. First of all, that's interesting. I've, I don't know. I've never used Merge Titans. I've seen their interface and it looks more intuitive at first sight. But yeah, I'm definitely really happy with Flying Upload. The developers are really, really good. You can speak to them on Discord as well. Very responsive and they'll help you like one-on-one -on -one with the issues. Um, they're all from Germany, I'm pretty sure. And yeah, it's, it's a great tool. I've got one tutorial that shows you how to get started and sort of a basic overview. Um, it's a bit of an older video now, but um, that is one we could link in the description. And I've made a video which is sort of my uh, review after using it for two or three years. And I give like an honest pros and cons list because upload automation is great, like it has a lot of pros. It obviously saves you a lot of time, can make you extra money, but there is also some cons that come with it, some downsides. So those are the two videos I'd recommend to anyone who's new to it. Yeah, that sounds like a great video idea, actually. I was thinking of how I could do a video. It's like I use upload automation for four years, you know, and like just talk yeah. about like sales or something. And but yeah, even the, the pros and the cons, you know, I'm imagining probably the same similar stuff like SEO. Uh, have you messed around with like my designs at all? I know you, I think I saw you did a video with Curtis, right? Like any mm -hmm. thoughts on where print on demand is? It's almost like it is here already, but I don't think everybody's necessarily like quick to adapt to all these amazing tools that are out there that allow people like me and you who run YouTube channels to still maintain our print on demand businesses and scale them. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, have you tried my designs and do you have any other favorite tools? You talked about mid journey. Yeah, I use, I use my designs a lot. I use it more than flying upload now, to be honest. And it also helps a lot with the AI side of things. Like for anyone who's using uh, AI generators, they've, my designs has now got a lot of tools that will help you with removing the background, uh, vectorizing your files, resizing your files and all in bulk. So I'm a big fan of, of my designs as a, as a print on demand suite. I mean, you can do pretty much anything with it. And I know, well, I speak to Curtis quite a lot as well, and I know what's still to come. So it's like the amount of time savings altogether in one app and the amount of things you can do with it is crazy. It's like an advanced futuristic version of Printify is what, yeah. what my designs is really. Um, it's, harder to get used to at first like the interface it seems more intimidating if, if you just have like five designs to upload it's easier to go to printify 
if you work with lower amounts of designs, but if you have a lot, if you want to save time, if you want to work in bulk, my designs is perfect. And I think, I think Curtis is wanting to make it easier as well to do singular uh, designs, singular listings. So yeah, no, really, really keen on my designs. I, I love using it. Uh, it's, it's helped me save hundreds, if not thousands of hours already. So Same. and they've only, they only launched like less than a year ago, didn't they? So yeah, crazy how far they've come. Their developers are like so good, man. And uh, just the fact that like, I know that they even spent like, I think they delayed the the release to like redo stuff on the back end just to make things from like a side of things that nobody sees, just like a code perspective. But I used to be a web developer and it's like, I can appreciate, they said they made everything like more modular so that as they're pushing things forward, like, like for instance, you can develop third-party apps and integrate them with my designs. That's crazy. But also just like for them to, to, you know, just keep pushing these updates or like add the dream AI, you know what I mean? It like plugs right in yeah. in a much more seamless way um, because of the work that they redid on the back end, you know, cause mm -hmm. they really are like, I think I always say they're going to become like a black hole for print on demand where it's like, you're either using them or you're just getting like run over, you know, you won't be able to, to compete, you know, it's not maybe there yet completely, but mm -hmm. the, the, the Fraser AI doing my SEO, you know, yeah. like the dream AI for, you know, generative images, like has been crazy, by the way, how's, how's uh mid journey been for you? Like, do you want to elaborate a little bit on that? Cause I watched one of your mid journey videos, I actually watched a couple. And yeah, I was like, loving yeah. it, man. I was taking notes. It was really good. Thank you very much. Um, so the mid journey, the main way that I've used mid journey is if I've, uh, if I'm entering a print and demand niche, I usually design t-shirts and what I'll do is I'll, uh, create some graphics that are related to that niche in mid journey. If I, especially if it's like a very small niche that doesn't really have much on creative fabrica or vexels because they, they don't cover everything, do they? Um, so I'll create something in mid journey that suits my specific requirements. I'll then remove the background, turn it into a vector and uh, I'll place my text and everything else around that graphic. Cause, um, I, I think a lot of people are using AI graphics and uploading them to POD sites, but just the graphics, right? Which right, right. I don't know what your experience is like. I think you've said before that you usually sell text designs or most of your designs that do or like text plus graphic, like you're saying, yeah. But yeah, people are getting caught, like just being like a little too lazy, doing the minimum, doing just, just the AI graphic. And yeah, you could probably like, how, how has it been for you? Um, well, I, I'm selling quite a few designs that I've uh, published this year with AI graphics in them. And for me, I mean, I've been here for a long time, so it's, um, I, I could have probably done that a different way as well and created the graphic myself, but it wouldn't have looked nearly as good. So for me, it's just made it, it's leveled up my designs where they look a lot better. Do you know the leak brand on, on Amazon? Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like really nice looking designs, which a few years ago, well, even one year ago, you wouldn't have been able to do that, would you? Create a design like that yourself, unless you paid someone or right. you got the Vexos team to do it, stuff like that. Whereas now, you can make designs pretty much with the same style or the same quality with AI at a really low cost. So, yeah, that's how I've been using it. Um, and now it's been really, it's been working really well. Made a lot of my work easier, and I'm excited for what's to come in the future because obviously, all of these AI tools are getting better and better. And if they keep getting integrated with my designs as well, and you can use them in bulk, like that's, that's just like two birds with one stone, isn't it? Yeah. I caught myself using some, like, like I was messing around with mid journey recently and just like 
I don't know if it was required or if it was the most optimal way, but it was like what I knew. So I like grabbed them and pulled them straight into like, I would, I split the images and then pulled them into my designs, you know, and then did everything like there. But I was going to ask you like, cause like the AI images, I, I do see a lot of them still getting like text wrong. So I wouldn't trust them to be mm. adding like English text or any text to my graphics. So have you been like kind of making a habit out of adding text and have you seen more success there? Cause it is something a little bit extra that people yeah, who just yeah. take the graphic and just list the graphic like aren't doing. So how, how has that gone? So I, I think, yeah, most of the AI designs that I've used have text in them. I've sold a few without, and then we actually had this discussion in my, uh, uh, discord community server recently, like, should we use graphics? Should we use graphics plus text? What, what does better? And I think the consensus was standalone graphics can sell well, and there is a lot of people that do well with them, but generally or on average adding text will help you because it's, it's more easy to convey a message. If you're adding text, right? If you want to make a funny design, adding a funny phrase will help. And usually people buy because they find something funny or they have an emotional reaction to it. And yeah, sure. Some people would just be looking for graphics and they don't want text. But from my experience, if I look at like my 10,000s of designs that I've created over the years, usually it is text-based stuff or text plus graphic, a graphic that sells the best. Yeah. And what I love about adding text is it simplifies SEO so much <laughs> to have text in the design. Cause then I at least know if like, assuming that it's a, a validated sub niche, then mm. I at least know like half of the battle of like what I'm targeting, who I'm selling to, what they're going to type in the search bar. So yeah. from like both like an SEO and if I run an ad to it, that's solved, you know? Cause if you just put like a simple graphic, man, you could, you, you could, it, there's like endless amounts of potential yeah, words, phrases to jam in there. And it may get a little bit messy, you know, especially for these algorithms that have a huge catalog already. And then they have to figure out if your design that's brand new, that has no sales, if they're supposed to show that, you know. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. I've never thought about it from that angle. But I suppose even though most people won't search for a long specific phrase, like most of them will search for a broad term. You will still get some sales and traffic from people who are looking for more specific stuff and then it will help you get ranked higher over time that way rather than if you just have a random animal design and you use tons of random keywords it's going to be harder to be found so yeah that's definitely a good point i never never thought about it that way so using the phrase that is in your design in the title and everything description tags um, will make it easier to get found is that what you're saying for me, because I've usually gone for like the smaller wins and just stacked up a bunch of these, you know what I mean? A design that sells once a month, like I'm completely cool with. Mm -hmm. um, like, I don't know, how's, how's your approach been? Have you gone for um, like more evergreens that may sell, may not sell? Or do you like to really hone in on like, like you said, like the leak brand, you know, that's a good example of it's like they're going to do Valentine's Day and they're going to do the dabbing heart design that like every yeah. kid wears and that gets, you know, a 10,000 BSR. Like, I, I don't usually go for those. Do you? no no i don't um i mean technically you could try that now more easily with ai but i haven't in the past like i'm i'm a designer but i'm not a, a leak designer like i'm not on that level um personally. yeah they're crazy <laughs> so i i think i'm i'm an average designer i know how to lay out text and graphics and i, I can i can create graphics that look all right myself um so my approach has been at the beginning so the first one or two years what i used to do is just try and find evergreen niches that are uh, relatively low competition. So 
3,000, 2,000, 1,000 search results or less. You know, it, it doesn't always have to be a super tiny niche. You can also sometimes target bigger ones. Um, just don't go for gaming with millions of results, right? So smaller evergreen niches that still have demand and just depending on how much potential I saw for each niche, I'd create more designs or less. So if I thought niche A, it looks okay, but doesn't have that much potential. The BSRs are all in the millions. I create 10 or 15 designs, right? And try out niche B has got a thousand search results, but the BSRs are 700 K 500 K, you know, there's quite a few good ones. Then I'll create 30 designs, 40 designs for that niche. And then I'll check back half a year later, see where I've gotten sales. And, um, if I've gotten sales and be in niche B, I'll create another 30 designs. You know, that used to be my approach just enter lots of different niches. If something works, like go deeper, essentially. And since then I discovered upload automation and uh, scalable designs as well. I started with automate POD actually. Um, I'm, I'm now using Illustrator for that, but yeah, yeah after that it's just been, <clears throat> sorry, for the most part, scalable designs and then uploading loads and loads every single day with upload automation to kind of expand the portfolio and yeah just make it easier to catch daily sales every now and then with those yeah so we do we definitely do have a similar journey man and uh i guess it's probably because we maybe to an extent because like like amazon merch if you're fortunate enough to get in to get tiered up you know because nowadays you can be eligible for a tier up like my girlfriend's been waiting seven months for a tier up from oh, tier 1000 to 2000 yeah it's just um, yeah. and I just let the upload slots that I had that were unfilled kind of, I would adapt my strategy to that. And, you know, that eventually leads to scalable designs. It leads to, you know, me actually and a buddy starting automate POD, which we sold as soon as Canva implemented basically the exact same functionality into their app natively. So we sold that thing, oh, uh, but it was right. good while it lasted. And then, yeah, Curtis showed me how to do it in illustrator and I was like, all right, well, this is a lot better. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. So you do that as well now in illustrator. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I, th I think Curtis wants to put it into the canvas system for my designs. So you can also create scalable designs. Crazy. I think I'm not like, don't quote me on that, but um, that would be amazing anyway. So yeah, similar approach because that's the thing with merch by Amazon, isn't it? As, as the more you get tiered up, it's really hard to actually fill out your slots. So if you sit there doing like, it would, it would take me a whole day to create 30 designs for a niche and that's without uploading. So eventually you have too many slots to be able to fill them out quickly or quick enough um especially if it's like september october and you want to fill them out before christmas you just mm -hmm. eventually you you have to do scalable designs in a sense otherwise you just get anxiety so yeah that's been my path i would say if you compare scalable to normal uh like original evergreen designs the original ones have like a higher roi or higher chance of selling, I would say, yeah. because with this scale, scalable stuff, you have so many different niches that you're entering, which have very low demand or too competitive. Um, but, you know, it's a big time saver doing the scale designs. That's yeah, and restrictions on how you lay out the text, you know, it's not yeah. the same as if you sit there and actually lay out the text properly, yeah, maybe yeah. resize, recolor. Yeah, so I mean, anybody watching this that thinks that, the, that me and Philip are like robots, taking over print on demand through, you know, quantity over quality. It's like, nah, like we still, I mean, I still design like some shirts and like do it the right way and whatnot. Um, but like people who do take the time to do that, 
I still think they have an, an edge over us, you know, entering these micro like super fringe niches and, you know, making one sale a year, you know, but the way I saw it was like, Hey, if I have 200,000 upload slots and I make $5 a sale, if I make one sale a year on everything, which I won't obviously, but if I did, that's a million dollars profit, you know? So mm -hmm. it's not a bad thing. Yeah. That that's a good point. You said there with like, you won't make a sale with everything. That's something I like to keep telling people is, I think the average experience of most printed demand sellers, like prove me if I'm wrong, is that most of the designs we upload never sell, like more than half don't sell. So if you've just started out, I'm guessing a lot of people are watching are fairly new to printed demand perhaps. If you've just started out, you've been uploading stuff for like a, a month or two, let's say you've uploaded hundred designs and you've not got a sale yet, or you've only had one or two sales, even like a year later, usually, you won't have you won't have sold all of those designs like some of them will have sold but maybe 20 or 30 percent so you have to give it time unfortunately with printed demand like it's rarely that you look back one month later and you've sold 100 designs that you've created so um yeah that's just one one point worth noting i think is that that rule of 80 20 often comes in like a year later perhaps not a month later yeah and tie that to another great point you made earlier about um, how you're basically allotting your time. And you said that when you have something that's working, you go back to the well and, and like maybe enter more designs in that niche. And like, also it's just like what you just said, you know, not everything's going to sell, but the ones that do, you know, double down, like, mm -hmm. can you learn from how you structured the design? Was it the design style? Was it where you placed the text color schemes, you know, all those things, like learn from your own success. And then also if you're starting from scratch, like learn from other people's success, you know? Yeah, no, that's that's totally right. Someone posted a really good graphic in uh, my Discord community recently, which it shows like an iceberg. Um, I've got it open on the side. It says what success really takes. And it's like the tip of the iceberg is what people see. That's the success. And then underneath the water is all that really happens, like failures, patience, focus, rejections, testing new strategies. So really what you do, and we've got this advantage now with having done this for a few years is you fail so often that you learn how to how to do it properly. You can't like after one month, you just can't be there. Um, and now it's fairly easy for me to go back, analyze my sales, see, oh, this design style works. Let's make the same design for niche X, Y, Z. And it probably worked there as well. And I can do that all day long with various different niches or design styles. And um, that's that's something that just takes time and why it's harder to to get sales at the beginning. But if you do it for a year, you're going to have a way easier time creating new designs uh, that actually end up selling. Yep. Yeah. As long as you, because <laughs> not everybody will study like what worked for them. And I've been guilty of that in the past. So yeah, that's why it's like having you share that insight is uh, really valuable. And it's like, even just a reminder to the people that know better, but sometimes you stray, you know? Um, yeah. Really valuable, man. I appreciate you taking time to be here. Uh, is, and I appreciated, you know, getting to know you before we hit record as well. Uh, we have a very similar path on our print on demand journey. Uh, as we wrap up, like anything you want to leave us with? And I guess one last question, like where do you see print on demand in like five years? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think it's still going to expand in the sense that if we look at Amazon, for example, or Amazon Merch, there's still so many products that they haven't published that you would have thought they want to sell like mugs, stickers, like where are they? So I think that's still going to get bigger and we'll get more opportunities to get sales in that sense. Um, and yeah, I mean, the online, 
the whole e-commerce market is just going to grow and grow with like younger generations growing up who are always glued to the screens. I don't think they're going to like revive the local shops, are they? So I think more and more people will shop online and therefore there'll be more money to be made in print demand. Yes, it's getting more competitive. Also, thanks to AI now, more and more people are coming in again. But there's also going to be more customers in the future. So I think a lot of people always panic like, oh, because of AI, print and demand is dead. It's not dead. Like there's still lots of people making sales, still lots of new people that are succeeding. So, um, and I think it's still going to grow in the next few years. I don't know what it's exactly going to be like in five years. We'll probably have a lot more AI tools to help us save time. But um, besides that, yeah, I think it's going to grow. Yeah, and you'll have a lot more YouTube subscribers. Everybody, just a reminder, uh, Philip is on YouTube, so check out his channel linked at the top of the description. Uh, hey, man, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to be here. And uh, anything else, man? Are we good? No, we're good. Thanks a lot for having me on, Ryan. I At the start of my journey, I, I watched a lot of your videos, and they helped me get going and point me in the right direction. So appreciate you. Thanks for helping uh, me out and a lot of other people out. And thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, and now you're returning the favor on your channel. You really helped me with some of those uh, mid-journey videos. So, And I know you're doing other good work as well. And I look forward to the uh, Toastadora video. So now everybody's yeah. waiting for that video to come out, man. You got you to drop uh, now, that one. Now I've got a reason to make it, finally. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, thanks for being here. Okay. Thanks a lot. Bye. Mm -hmm.